Mm. How to keep that teller away from the computer screen while I hack the bank vaults. I know. I'll shoot the fire extinguisher in the middle of the street. Let her get at outside to take a look. Creep through the sewers to get around. Lock the door behind her. Shut down every other camera in the building so no one gets alerted. And have the bank to myself. Or, uh, you could hit her in the back of the head when no one's looking. Too easy. Here it comes, podcasting's finest few hours of gaming prizes. Action RPG fans, come on down. Final Fantasy players, come on down. Might and Magic lovers, come on down. And Disgaea fanboys, come on down. You are the first four contestants on the RPG Backtrack. And here are the stars of the RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Mickey. your swords and prepare your spells. Your friends at RP Gamer got a story to tell. Are you ready to hear about your favorite RPGs? Because we'll be going back a few years in history. If you've got a backlog that is really long, we'll tell you what's right to play and what is wrong. we got RP Gamer staff on the mic to talk about these games for most of the night. So pull up a chair. We will give you no flack. You're listening to the RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RPG Backtrack. This is episode number 144. Oh, hell, I don't know what the title is. God in the Machine. God in the Machine. I am one of your hosts, Phil Willis. And that voice, that ominous voice that you hear is our other host, Mr. Mike Minky. You proclaim me ominous. I must do my best to live up to this dis- distinction. <laughs> By talking about taking back the planet, the people trolling and with us today on the show is one who is semi-omnipotent himself, Mr. Scott Wakamater. I don't need pants. My legs are augmented. <laughs> Boy, and, wearing pants all the time anyway. And if you couldn't tell from the introduction in that, uh, today and the title, uh, today we are going to be focusing on Deus Ex. And by we, I mean those two guys, because I haven't played it yet, so I'm going to be sitting back enjoying this with the rest of y'all and then i'll be jumping back in and on the final level well interesting i got the stats but uh hey jsx right super exciting deep game from what i hear i'm I'm looking forward to hear what you guys have to say about this game i think we can i think we can say an awful lot about this game i feel like yes yes cool cool and then um yeah, well, since there's so much to talk about, we won't waste any time. Uh, hold on one well, second. I, I am at, let, let's give everyone a minute so that they can uh, start the reinstall of it now, because it's inevitable. We've mentioned it. 
You're gonna do it. Just just start the download on GOG. I know you bought it at least once. Just start that install, and then while we're talking, by the time we're done talking, you'll be ready to go. That, It'll be that, great. That's a fairly good. That's right. You could you could actually yeah. You probably need to start downloading so that by the time you get done listening, it's ready. That's well, true. Well, by current standards, it's not that big a game, but the installation may take a while. I mean, 431 megabytes on a 56k uh, you know dial-up modem. Um, that <laughs> if could anyone take... is listening to us for 56k, I'm sorry. <laughs> actually, you know, this podcast sometimes exceeds 431 megabytes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, well then maybe they want to go and download Deus Ex too. That's like two gigs. No, you don't want to download Deus Ex. Don't want to download Deus. Okay, all right. you don't. You don't want to do that. That's another conversation. <laughs> uh, let's, let's stay positive tonight. We don't need to get into that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you just as a quick aside. Uh, I have been playing around with GOG Galaxy Downloader, and that's pretty cool. That's working out pretty. Well. Uh, so maybe you want to download that. It's basically their version of Steam. But once it's the game is installed in true GOG fashion, you can still play it if you're not connected to the internet, unlike Steam sometimes. Uh, you can actually uninstall Galaxy. The games will still run. But while Galaxy is running, it does a, a couple of things. They're eventually going to work in achievements, keeps track of your time like Steam does, uh, talk to your friends, whatever. So oh, I just the, like... The big, the big perk of the client is, of course, uh, that it has multiplayer options. So mm. you can uh, you can get your buddies together and play X-Wing versus TIE Fighter as is good and proper. Ooh, that is very true. Lots of Star Wars releases uh, over the last month. Uh, so you might want to download those games and play those. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty good point. I just liked having big, huge icons to click on to start my games. I don't know why. I, I don't know if I've just been using Steam too long or what, but I find starting my games through a client like Galaxy actually more attractive than digging through my Windows 7 menu interface to look for the game. Hmm. Oh, well, we digress. Uh, that's usually what we do on the final lap. So let us take a break, refocus our thoughts, and we'll be right back to talk about Deus Ex. Welcome back, and it is time for these two gentlemen to talk about Deus Ex after I let you know that it was developed by Ion Storm, published by Eidos Interactive. This was released on Microsoft Windows, the PlayStation 2, and eventually on the PlayStation 3 through the PSN network, as well as the Mac OS, originally released on June 26, 2000. This is a first-person shooter, action, role-player, single-player, multiplayer gaming experience. Phew! Now, now, if it's blending that much stuff, man, I don't know. That sounds like too many chefs in the kitchen. Can that really still be a good game? Oh, yes. it, it is best game. Really? Because it, it sounds a little unfocused. It, except for maybe Tetris and TIE Fighter is best game. <laughs> except for Tetris. Well, why don't you guys illuminate us by, by, by first talking a little bit about the story of Deus Ex? 
Okay. J.C. Denton, new UNATCO agent, gets tasked with taking down terrorist agents who are on Liberty Island. Domestic terrorists. Right. Angry rednecks, you have to punch them. Or you can shoot them, but you're not supposed to. That pisses off your brother. And your boss. And the quartermaster. Doesn't piss off Anna Navarre, though. No. It doesn't piss off the the Russian or the Germans. I wonder. I wonder. Of course, they're robots. Hmm. You're a robot. Yeah, but you're less of a robot than they are, because it takes your kill switch 24 hours to work, and their kill switch works instantly. The Putin machine. <laughs> uh, I can see him uh, making something Not the a robot. Putin machine. Anything but the Putin... Um, sorry, I digressed to an earlier conversation Mike and I had. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, Liberty Island, which was... It's Liberty Island now. It used to be something different because French terrorists who were ticked off at the Statue of Liberty ever went to this country, to the United States, blew up the statue, and now it's the head is just separated and elsewhere. Yep. They, they, they haven't moved it off the island. It, it, you find it, and it's creepy and just staring at you, and I'm like, man, someone should have cleaned this up. That, that's a waste of perfectly good copper. So many pennies you could make with it. I guess they're thinking that they're going to make some kind of different kind of monument out of it, like they're trying to do with 9-11 site, but we see how far that's going. It was just easier to leave it there. Yeah, I guess. Speaking of, this game uh, came out in the year 2000 and does not have uh, the Twin Towers in the skyline, in the New York City skyline, because they forgot. The art department forgot. (laughs) And then someone realized it so they had like a newspaper article explaining that it was also attacked by French terrorists <laughs> which you know so that was... weirdly prescient except you know for the French part cause you know <laughs> the French are fine yeah they've got their own terrorist problem not home uh, alright so those terrorists you take a bunch of them down you learn that Ah, crap, they got it. This was just a a sting operation. It wasn't the key to, to taking them all down. And then you have to go around New York and Hell's Kitchen guys. in particular. You find the guys, you get the guys, your, your Russian associates kill all the guys, even though you're supposed to take them alive, and it's weird. And then you get uh, tagged with their murders and kidnapped by you know, the Illuminati, and then you break out of the Illuminati holding facility and realize it was your headquarters the whole time, and then you're like, oh man, awesome secret conspiracy. The Bilderberg Group and the Trilateral Commission are trying to screw everyone over. I have to go to Hong Kong to save the day. And then you do, and you do a lot of stuff in Hong Kong. You shut down a universal converter, universal, is it converter? Yeah, it, it it's it's Grey Goo nanomachines. It, it would have been bad. Yeah, they're making a virus, the Grey Death. Yeah. You, you should probably shut that down because fewer people will die if they can make less of it. Mm-hmm. And that leaves you know. to go to Paris where it's like, oh man, Paris is a front for the Illuminati. All of Paris. I'm not surprised, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then from Paris after beating up some guys and saving the day. You go to Area 51? No, that's the end. We're, okay. We're skipping the ocean base. 
Oh, right. There's there's a secret ocean base um, where the secret of that there's a secret AI that you have to merge with a different nano machine at Area 51, and then you punch everyone. Or you can, or you can overload the reactors and get the escape from LA ending. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few different endings, all of which are canon by Deus Ex 2 standard. Which, yeah, that's cool. I went with the escape from LA ending just because you know I kind of like Escape from LA. Escape from LA is a okay movie. It's not as good as Escape from New York. No, but by giving me the option to do an Escape from LA ending, I felt like I had to choose it. New, new Age of Darkness on the continent. I'm fine with that. Shut down all global communications. I have no problem with that, especially look at what we've been using for the four. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There, there's the Vandenberg Research Facility where you got to get to save the scientists. And Aside from saving the scientists and getting the bots going again, I don't remember what else you had to do right now, but except stalk people and take them down. Yeah. Uh, oh, and save save Tiffany, because the stupid lady got herself captured while trying to steal a sub. Well, I mean, if you were going to steal a submarine. You'd do it a lot better than she did. I don't know if I would. Me, personally, I'm not much of a submarine thief. I mean, I'm probably better than, you know, Ensign Chekhov. You know, I wouldn't run around asking for nuclear vessels at any point, but... I hope you wouldn't. Especially in the middle of the Cold War. That's generally a bad sign. That's a bad plan. It's a bad plan, Pavel. <laughs> uh, let's see. There was the stop-off back in Hell's Kitchen briefly. And what do you know? I, I just took that opportunity to kill a whole bunch of UNATCO guys because I didn't feel like doing things the, the stealthy way. I felt like gunning them all down. <laughs> well, by that point, you probably had, you know, bullets and body armor and could manage a running firefight. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you're stupid about it. If you try and take on a bot, then you're still going to get shredded with a gun. Oh, yeah. Those, 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 those Ed 209 guys, just you couldn't beat them. No. Unless you've got, what do they call it, the light anti-tank weapon? Yeah, the, the light anti-tank missiles where you're like, oh, it's taking up half my inventory and I only get to use it once. This is the best thing to keep ever. <laughs> Unless I get to use it immediately and watch it go boom. Because it does go boom very well. One time I hung on to that just to save it for um, the MIBs that try to kill your brother. And I'm like, no, no, I'm solving this problem. I'll pay for the apartment building later. He actually does a pretty good job of taking on MIBs. It's just whenever you get your ass gunned down, you have to go and sit in the, in the cell. Yep. Um, let's see, Maggie, what's her face in Hong Kong? Oh, Maggie uh, Chen Chow. Chen Chow, whatever her face is. I just remember her being an annoying bitch because I saved right before she comes up and talks to me, so I have no room to get back and do anything else. So I just whip out my dragon sword, and the stupid bitch is really fast. I died like a dozen times before I finally took her out quickly enough and survived. Oh yeah, that that fight is kind of rough. Like she's she's a triad boss. She's hopped up on all kinds of adrenal mods, and she just runs around, and you have to do your best to lightsaber her. Yeah, the dragon sword 
I mean, we're calling it a dragon star, but it's a lightsaber. It's it's the lightsaber. It makes the noises, and it just and it glows. It's a great nightlight. It, yeah, like if if you're ever worried, if you're ever in one of the darker corners, it's a great fix for that. You can also it it does tend to cut through everyone. There are like power armor guys that are really annoying to take down until you get this sword, and then you're just like, turn on my super speed and stab them, and they die. Oh, how they die. Oh, you don't want to do it with a man in black because then you're next to the explosion. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. The the, the Illuminati MIBs are made of explosions. Except if you knock them out, I guess that short circuits their self destruct. Probably, I guess they. Well, they want to like actually give you your no kill run options. Yeah, which I can see trying to do sometime, but honestly, that's a lot harder to do. You know, it it's it is rewarding in its own way, but it's mostly just like I'm just gonna mash the cloak until I get to an enclosed space. That <laughs> uh, that's really the key. Is the big open areas are just kind of death on legs because they'll spot you and shoot you, and then you have to run away, and there's nowhere to hide, so you just have to kill them. It's bad. Or you can try and use tranks, and then they just run around for a while before they fall over. Like, it takes, like, three if they're... If they've spotted you, it takes, like, three before they fall down. I've tested it. They will fall down, but they'll be shooting at you for a good 15 seconds before they do it, so it's generally not worth your while. Yeah. The trank darts, they they are finicky. I mean, they're great if you can do it from a distance and then watch everybody go crazy... And you laugh because they're so stupid they can't find you. Let's face it, they are kind of stupid in spots. And you can laugh at them. But if you try and do it up close, then... uh, Not the greatest of ideas, I'm afraid. Yeah. Although, prod in the back, that's just fun. They they make this stupid little jittery animation. (laughs) I mean, if you get them right in the back, then they don't even do that. They just fall over. Ugh. Oh yeah, the 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 game is not even by the standard standards of two thousand. It's kind of janky looking. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta say there are a lot of areas that look. What the hell am I looking at? This kind of wall. It looks like there's mold all over it. Ew. Well, and I don't think like, it was supposed to look that like that. I I think it was supposed to look grimy and run down because you know it's it's cyberpunk dystopia land, but at the same time it's like, eh, you know, there there are better ways to convey this than the textures they were using. Yeah, especially when you get close and can see the polygons and go. Mm-hmm. You can see them. You can count all four of them. <laughs> <laughs> all five in some places. Yeah. Uh. That's a really detailed building if it's got five. <laughs> and there are the character models. Because, you know, the ladies in Hong Kong, they pretty much look the same as the ladies in Paris or the ladies in Hell's Kitchen. But yeah. They, they yeah. just do. Everyone, has, everyone conforms to three body types. Everyone, you, you know that. That's how it works. Yeah, there, there's the generic bummed kind of guy. There's the lady who looks like a hooker. There's the lady who doesn't so much look like a hooker, looks more like somebody who's strung out on meth. 
Uh, what am I missing? Oh, the sailors. Do you know where the sailors hang out? In this game, they hang out on a ship that I'm going to sink. So I'm fine with that. Blow them up. Blow them up good. Though I must, I must admit, it did occur to me that I was leaving these sailors on there to die, so I dragged a few unconscious bodies back and tossed them onto the gangplank outside the ship because I was nice like that. You're a nice man. The Chinese soldiers, though? No. I killed them. They- they, they they can die. They're annoying. <laughs> they were very annoying. Amazingly, they didn't sound like Chinese soldiers for the most part at all. They sounded like Americans. How'd that work? Uh, transmitter, translator Ogs. They 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 don't do accents. Um, except for Tracer Tong. I I don't know why Tracer Tong sounds like a horrible racist caricature. <laughs> Some of the time. Other times. Sometimes. Like- it's like he remembers how to pronounce his L's and R's correctly some of the time. Oh, Tracy Tong. He's a tool. But I did what he wanted for the ending, so I guess I must have liked him in some way. I mean, he did I, get I the... He said he something get, that made sense. He did get the kill switch out of me. I kind of owed him for that. I suppose. This once. Do you really... Do you really owe Tracer Tong anything? Nah, I, I did pay him back. I shut down the Grey Death. I, I did awesome stuff for him. All right, I I took down this particular note from the game where you, you're reading, I think it was an email about how to tell who might be a terrorist. And here are the warning signs. It could be a stranger or a foreigner. That's definitely terrorist material. Oh, yeah. Argumentative people. Those are definite terrorists. People who ask probing questions. Like, well, journalists, we know they're terrorists. We gotta throw them away. Yeah, lock them up. Spends a greater than average amount of time on the net. Now that's a big one. Oh yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine anyone who spends too much time on the internet being anything but pure evil. Well yeah, I mean, it's clear the government's job to start getting in there and putting these people away. Uh, has interests in chemistry, electronics, or computers. That's also a danger sign. Gets large numbers of mail-order deliveries. So any Amazon shopper, you might yeah, be a terrorist. Yeah, evil. And is taking photographs of major landmarks, because that's also another dangerous one. Because it's you probably it also here. a stranger. You heard it here. Selfie sticks. Tool of terrorism. Yeah, I don't know if it counts if you're just taking a selfie without anything in the background, but if you're taking a selfie in front of, say, the Empire State Building, definite terrorist. Evil. And I also want to say that Cliff Stevens as Bob Page sounded amazingly like Kevin Spacey. Yeah, they they were going for Kevin Spacey vibe. I'm glad they've kept him around for the whole franchise. Except for the part where Bob Page keeps coming back, and that's annoying from a writing standpoint. Not here to rant about things. Promise. It might happen anyhow. <laughs> but we'll have a chance. There will be future Deus Ex. Not too far in the future, either. Yeah. Alright, so let's see here. I like lambs. They're good little weapons. Except for the except for the fact that they're just a huge 
huge inventory space sink. I need that space. I need that space for my sword and my assault rifle and all my body armor. And your camo. Uh, Or do you use the camo? I I usually have the cloak aug, so I don't necessarily need camo as a backup. Fair enough. And let's see what's... Oh, the hazmat suit. Because I was stupid. Never. Never. I actually needed it because I was stupid and didn't pick environmental training. Oh, well, no. Picking environmental training is also stupid. <laughs> it's like training in swimming. You'll, you'll be telling me you trained in swimming. No, I mean, whatever the other augmentation you can get, instead of... I didn't get environmental training, and I have to check to see what I did get. They're... The one that makes you stronger against environmental hazards. It's an augmentation, not oh. a skill. Right, yeah. There, there is the poison resistance skill too, which not into, not redundant in the slightest. No, there are those stupid little what are they? Grundles, gruntles, those little grizzles, the little procompies from Jurassic Park mixed with Dilophosaurs that spit poison at you. Yeah, grizzles, grizzles. Thank you. I hate those little bastards. Although I hate Karkians even more because they take forever to die. Yeah. There, there, there's some genetically engineered monsters to fill out some space and possibly reuse uh, assets from canceled games Ion Storm didn't do. Because, you know, that's, that's, that's just good budgeting. <laughs> well, the aliens in Area 51 make perfect sense. Well, those do. They, they actually do. I was glad to see those. Well, I mean, you had to have yeah. And they're actually dangerous. If you let them start shooting their plasma bolts or whatever, you're dead real fast. Oh, those will mess you up. You don't your body armor does not cover that. No. Get them from a distance or run away. Jeez. Yeah. Just run. All right, um... which which I guess we've been dancing around the combat. So this is sort of a merger of RPG mechanics and uh, I guess I'll call it the Tom Clancy style of uh, first-person shooter where your aiming reticle slides open and closed based on a lot of factors, mostly if you're moving or if so if you're like... or how recently or how recently you've moved and also your character's skill level with weapons. So if you're running around with an inaccurate... Oh, the weapon stat also, the accuracy stat. So if you're running yeah. around with a gun you have no idea how to use, you're not going to hit anything. I can and, speak from experience with this. I have tried to snipe using a rifle w- without being trained in that, and it's just not going to happen. It, it's, it's, it's comedy if you even attempt it. So you have this early game where you're very slow and methodical and patient... You, you know, just lining up your shots, taking your guys, and then eventually, as you put your points into rifles or what or what have you, you can now start gunning guys down like crazy, and it's pretty rad. It, it's pretty rad to see that difference. But the early game is it 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 actually encourages you into the stealth and non lethal options just by virtue of the fact that oh, it, it's hard to get some murdering done any other way. Yeah, and at the beginning, you don't have many options for murdering anyway. 
what, what are you going to do? You try and use the pistol to kill everybody? That can be done, but you're making it way hard on yourself. I mean, there's the, there's those rednecks. They they fall over pretty easy, but everyone else seems to be wearing body armor or is a robot. Yeah, once you get to those MJ-12 commandos, they just do not want to fall over unless you pump them full of a whole assault rifle clip. Oh, yeah. Like, you... We'll also mention that uh, there's there's a wide variety of weapons, some lethal, non, some non-lethal. There's a nice... Um, it doesn't have multiple firing modes for guns, but it usually will have an alternate ammo type, which is pretty cool, because you've got an assault rifle with the underslung grenade launcher, and that that's a fun thing to have. It is. Every now and again, like when I was faulting, fighting Walter Simons, I just decided, you know, I'm going to use this 20mm HE stuff, and it worked like a charm. Walter Simons, you can just walk past. You don't have to fight him. I could have. I actually tried that. I saved right before I met him, and I hit him with a trank dart, and then he doesn't say anything, and he just kind of spazzes out. But then I tried I tried it legit, and with the HE ammo, and what do you know? It worked. Yeah, and... Uh... And, um, you know, you obviously have stealth options, mostly in the form of using the AI's inability to see more than three feet in front of them. If you're crouching. If you are crouching, you must be crouching. Because they they can't really look down. They've got bad peripherals. Worse on the machines than on the people. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you know how it goes. And if you're crouching, you don't make any noise. Unless yeah. you fall from something. Yeah. Look, it was 2000. Stealth games were kind of new. It, it had only been two years since since Thief. And I'm still going to credit Thief with inventing the stealth genre. Screw Metal Gear. <laughs> I've never played Metal Gear, and I have no real desire to go back at this point. I'm sure it would have aged horribly for me. It has aged horribly, period. But... Yeah, if you don't try the stealth option, especially early on, I can speak from experience. You will die a lot. You will die. There is not a lot of places to hide in this game. There's big open areas. So guys will see you, and they will run at you and fill you with bullets. It's not unfair. They will take an inordinate amount of time to look at you and say, I think I saw something. I'm going to check it out. But they won't make a decision until they've had a good five-second glimpse of you, or you start shooting at them. Yeah. So if you can hurriedly get back under the stairway or back into the air duct, you'll, you should be safe. Air duct is your friend. Um, you also have other augmented... You you can also use a cloaking thing, which is your ghost-in-the-shell thermoptic camo. It's pretty handy. You will go through a lot of batteries that way, but... That's why you can good. carry 30 at a time, I guess. Yeah, that's why you can stack 30 of them up. Or you can go through regeneration a lot like I did because that is so damn handy. Oh, yeah, that that's... Oh, there there are some fights where I'm just like, I'm going to turn this on before I open fire and we'll see where I am when I'm done because that's actually a great one to keep at level one because it's a low power drain and you can just leave it running while you're in a gunfight. Yeah, at the top level, it heals 40 points a second, which... Actually, is not a good thing if you're getting like it's too fast forward. to be useful in a weird way. It's great if you're healing after the fight, but during the fight, you may have to keep turning it on and off, and that's just not going to work in the middle of a fight. 
like, look, you, you, you have to know exactly what 15 buttons on your keyboard do to play this game. You, you don't want to necessarily be reaching for F5 when you meant F6. And I can say that I did that a few times because I'm not a veteran of this type of game, so I occasionally hit the stu- uh, the the lung enhancement instead of the re- oh, the regeneration. That was not good. Yeah, that that's the lung enhancement does not help. <laughs> it did not. It does not help you in the gunfights. It might help if I was swimming more, which you know I, I did a few times. Kind of cold. Take- yeah, in addition to the, your cybernetics, you have skills, which are computers, which let you hack things, which is very helpful. And then the, you have swimming, which lets you swim better, which is not helpful. <laughs> yeah, you, look, I can explore the ocean floor. There's nothing to find down here. Why am I swimming? There, I There is one section, there is one segment in Hong Kong where it's useful, and there's one segment where it is, in Paris where it is useful. Because you get to skip a whole lot of guys. But otherwise, you, you do not take swimming. No, it... Although, you know about the bug where when you get when you bring Tiffany back and you're done with the getting the sub, the undersea lab, where if you have a full inventory and you keep talking to Gary Savage you can keep getting 500 skill points until you don't have an, a full inventory. Yeah. That is the only way you are ever going to max out your skill points by using this bug. And you don't need to because environment training. No, you don't need to. But I did it just for the just to see what happened. And, you know, Even with everything, I still managed to do something stupid when I was assaulting the nuclear silo and got killed because, you know, I was I was an idiot that day, I guess. (laughs) But even with every skill, you are not some kind of invincible character who can just shrug off whatever they throw at you. No. Those Ed 209 guys, they will they will mess you up. They will. Or if you run into those damn MJ twelve commandos who shoot the rockets. Oh, the rocket guys. They're they're bad guys. Those guys were all through the damn cathedral. Oh, God. So many of those guys. But damn, it was fun just reloading constantly until I finally got that that commando right where I wanted him and prodded him in the back. And he just collapsed like a ton of bricks. And I went, I finally got you, you son of a bitch. Because, yeah, he had killed me a bunch before I finally got it right. That is true. You can also pepper spray people. I don't remember it ever being helpful. I never tried. You have to be at super close range, and if you're at close range, why not just use, I don't know, the prod, the knife? Even the baton baton is better. Crowbar. Hey, a crowbar to the back of the head works wonders. Or the gas grenades, which are worse than lambs because all they do is make people cough a lot and make you cough a lot, too, if you stand there. I think they fall over after coughing enough. I ran out of patience after about 60 seconds of listening to them cough and wondering, is this ever going to end? No. At least not before my patience ran out. Uh, Let's see. I did not use a flamethrower. 
that uh, they're everyone's robots. Flamethrower is not helpful. <laughs> well, yeah, if you try it against Ed two hundred nine, that's not going to help. But yeah. I couldn't help but wish I'd tried it just to see what it does on a tasty organic unit. I'm sure it would have been funny. Uh, I, I, it's probably not nearly as entertaining as the terrible I'm on fire AI of Deus Ex two. <laughs> Which I can't speak towards yet. They they will run around actually just yelling "I'm on fire" and everything <laughs> in lost in the room that is flammable will catch fire. Other people, plants, rats. That's right. The rats in Deus Ex are about the stupidest rats I have ever seen. I have never in my life thought, "Oh, there's a danger that I'm going to step on these rats in the room." But I do multiple times in Deus Ex because they don't uh, really get out of the way. They they do not run from you. Like the pigeons have pretty decent pigeon AI. They will run away from you. So if you try to spend say 15 minutes at the start of the game trying to shoot them with your pistol, uh, they you won't hit them. <laughs> but the rats, yeah, they're worthless. They're they're bad. And it, and of course it shows green crosshairs because I guess they're your friends. You are a friend of rats. You are friends with the... Well, the rats have not done nothing wrong to you. They have not. In fact, you have almost done something wrong to them because half the time they appear when you open a trash can or a trash bag, anything like that. You'd think they'd be ticked at you. But no. They just run around. And then they utter this horrible... When you step on them. Whatever that sound is, I can't make it. Yeah, It's a terrible sound. And the cats, they run away from you. They're not yeah. very far, but they don't get, let themselves get stepped on. And the dogs are all enemies. That you, you have to kill a lot of Dobermans, sadly. Yeah, guard dogs. Sorry, bro. As you might know, Trank Darts, Dosed for Humans, will kill dogs because dogs tend to weigh much less than humans, and that happens even if you try not to kill the dogs. They die. Wasn't my favorite part. I didn't come out there to be a dog killer, but that's how it happened. Yeah. So let's see, what other weapons? Uh, Throwing knives. They're almost helpful. (laughs) I think I used one once, and then I went, I get one shot with this throwing knife, and I haven't found any others yet. Why the hell am I bothering to keep this thing in my inventory? Um, okay, the Gep Gun, I guess. The Gep Gun is, I guess, the big unique thing, which is the... Uh, I'm to, see, sort of what, like a bazooka, I guess. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it stood for. It was the heavy... Let's see. The Gep Gun was the uh, Guided Explosive Projectile. <laughs> I've heard of much worse acronyms than that. Yeah, uh but I believe you can actually steer that if you hold, if you do the alternate fire. Hmm. Like you... Of course, most of they were being used against me, like by guys with commanding a height and spotting me and shooting a projectile that blows me to bits if it hits. Oh, no, you just have to take a minute before it firing and then it'll guide itself. Hmm. And it, it has an alternate fire where it shoots incendiaries because fire, fire is important. 
Fire cleanses the wrongs of the world. There are a lot they're, of wrongs. They're also, they're all, the Gep Gun is also the best way to uh, deal with doors when you've run out of lockpicks. It will blow up any door that does not have... Good to know. It, I mean, well, the, the there, are some, sword... there are some doors that are indestructible. But for the everything dragon else, sword does not go through every door. Yeah. I mean, I tried it most of the time. Rather than use a lockpick, I would just try and hack it open with the dragon sword. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And it makes a really weird ting noise when it doesn't. The yeah. Place, the sound design, like the music in this game is great, but the, some of the sound design is questionable. Questionable, yeah. But like the, a you... lot of the science fiction noises don't hold up. <laughs> Especially when they interact with non-science fictiony things, like I, I, I think the, the the laser gun on any sort of wooden object sounds so stupid. Oh, I never used the plasma gun. I probably should have. Uh, like if you shoot a crate with it, it will still make that like fully of someone dropping a two by four, <laughs> which is I'm pretty sure not how plasma and wood interact. I wouldn't think so. No. Although, yeah, the music is pretty damn good in this game. Oh, it, it is so good. Um, I mean, I picked out a few tracks that, have, that will be in here, but if you have any other suggestions, let me know. Cause... Uh, no, the only thing I would recommend is um, there's a really great remix. Um, they, they did OC Remix put together a, um, a, ver- a album... Sonic Augmentation, an album specifically for Deus Ex Music, and they got uh, the original composer to do a mashup of the, uh, the the main theme song in Hong Kong, and it's amazing. And that theme song in Hong Kong is already pretty damn good. <laughs> I know, but put, put them next to each other, moving back and forth, and it's great. And uh, obviously everyone's heard the uh, Yahtzee Croshaw, uh, I wrote, I added, a li- I added lyrics to this. Um. Yeah, the other ones that I made sure were in here are the cathedral tune, just because the organ is really nice. Yeah, and when you first get to Area Fifty One, because that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see here. Icarus. Um, and the AI that it merges with to become Helios. Yeah, you have you have data. You, there, there's a subplot. You have you have the subplot with a few AIs, uh, basically playing all the humans to their own ends, and then you can optionally merge with Helios and uh, unite humanity in some sort of singularity for good. Because yeah, the singularity is good, I guess. <laughs> well, as Helios explains it, humankind has just made these patchwork organizations that were never any any good. Democracy exists only because humanity knows how flawed it is and wants to create checks on how human flaws work, so why not have a machine do it? Be, be ruled by the omnipotent machine overlord. You know, like you do. And that is an entirely achievable ending if you want. Yeah. Or you could run around in circles and get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, getting drunk in this game. 
It, for that, all of that's the, hilarious. Your liver is not augmented. <laughs> no, and you are a lightweight. God damn, you can drink anything and suddenly you're, it's as if you just drank three vodkas in a row. Yeesh. Well, okay, the only things you can drink are an entire bottle of non-specific liquor. 40. Or or a 40. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, a fresh-faced kid like J.C. Denton getting a little wobbly after an entire downing a 40 in two seconds. Yeah, I don't think any of his training was necessarily in how to deal with alcohol. His liver is not augmented. And you will find that. It's pretty much the same thing that happens when you get poisoned. Everything looks unintelligible, like you're having a hallucination, only it's a really bad trip, and your controls are crap all of a sudden. They're try- I think they're trying to in- discourage alcohol use or something. Look, winners don't use drugs. Is what I'm oh, saying. but whenever you drink it, you heal 2 HP. Ooh. 2. Because <laughs> you, you need those 2. The same you get when you eat a candy bar. Yeah. But soy food, eating soy food gives you 5. Ooh. They're also trying to push a vegan diet on you. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for some Soylent Green parallels. I'm not really finding any, but I'm sure they're there if I look. And there sure is a lot of soy food in 2052. Well, yeah. I mean, 2052. What else are you going to eat? I'm trying to remember. Was there any meat? Um, in in Parrot, no. You you would see meat because. All through Hong Kong, you'd have those little stalls with, like, you know, just meat hanging from the walls. Oh, right. And then you could you couldn't it. You couldn't buy, like, a ham hock off the guy, but it was there. Oh, yeah, and the Chinese government is the only one that has resisted the efforts of UNATCO to unite the world. So it's the force of liberty? Oh, they, they, they are for, it's a force for something. Let's see, what else gives you HP back? I think it's just... Oh, yeah, med kits, but those don't really count. Yeah, those are normal. If you train in medicine, you get better at it. They're rendered completely superfluous if you've got regeneration. Eh, I mean, sometimes you have med kits, but not batteries. It's true. And they only take up one inventory slot, so it doesn't cost you anything to really go after them. Uh, let's see. All right, lock picking. It's you. You, you just waggle your lock picks in front of uh, the door. Maybe three or four lock picks, depending on your skill, and then it, it opens. Yeah, if you try to lock pick when you are not trained in lock picking, and this thing has say a seventy or eighty percent difficulty, you're going to go through a lot of lock picks. Yeah. I can also strongly discourage... There's only a couple that I remember instances where you can try to lockpick something underwater, but don't try. You will drown. That, and you will constantly waste lockpicks because you can't stay stationary. You're constantly trying to tread water. You're you're just bobbing. Also, multi-tools. I guess you just kind of wave them and they make electronic signals and they make the alarm stations or the computers, the security stations just... uh, Bow to your will. Yeah, yeah. You just you just waggle this little thing. 
It's a multi-tool. It looks almost like an old-style cell phone. Hey, at the time it was an entirely new cell phone. Right, right. I I must be clear. An old-style cell phone as of, say, 2005. Yeah. Man, I, I do have to mention, like, this game was kind of ugly and janky-looking by 2000 standard. It's, but the environs were really big. I don't remember seeing levels that size for a long time after this. It was also pretty harsh on your rig. You had to. I, I remember a lot of people upgrading at the time, specifically for this game. Yeah, I've looked at some reviews of the time, and people were talking about how even with the best rigs they had, the game was just slowed to a crawl in spots. Yeah, it 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 has it had it had some cutting issues. It was not efficient. Although some of those old reviews also say that it looks that it looked gorgeous, which. Uh, hmm. Well, well I'm, I, I I did do some looking to see what else had come out in the year 2000. And well, it, it's comparable. Like, it, it is comparable. Yeah, to... Actually, I'd put it up... It looks better than anything I remember on the Dreamcast, necessarily, in well, certain the, respects. I think the, the, the big one that I'd say, uh, the big comparison probably had been, like, American McGee's Alice would have been like the big the big graphical powerhouse of the day cuz that was an id t- that was like id tech 3 I never played it so I can't say much it was pretty pretty it was fairly pretty looking um trying to think um a lot like a lot of the other games at the time were still sort of like 3D objects on 2D backgrounds like uh Baldur's Gate 2 or Final Fantasy 9 was a contemporary. I'm trying to think of something that was really the best looking in the year 2000. Mm, well, Planescape Torment doesn't really count. That wasn't trying yeah. to look gorgeous. Yeah, that was that had a great that had an art style, but it, you know. Not going 3D was a, probably a good choice. Yeah. Um Madden 2001, that's going to be one that looks great. I'm just saying, for a full 3D game. Sure. Maybe Mario Tennis? <laughs> was Paper Mario out then? No, I think it had to come out in 2001. No, Paper Mario was the 2000, because it was okay. Japan first. Of course, that looked significantly better than almost anything else on the N64, so that yeah. May not be a fair comparison. No, no, I think that's a fair comparison. If that was, if this thing was pushing the edges of PCs of the day, and that was the best thing that on the N sixty four. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, Rainbow Six came out that year, and that's probably a great comparison right there. Similar sort of yeah. gray environments and dudes with guns, and it looks slightly better than Rainbow Six. And I gotta say, at the very least, while there are some loading areas, there aren't very many of them. And like it like gives you, said, you a big, like it is a big honking area that it loads at once. I mean, you'll sit and watch that screen for a good twenty seconds on your, uh, you know, tw- you know, your two fifty six megs of RAM. Even on this machine, I had to wait a good four or five seconds for the load screen. But once it loads, you got no problems at all. That's that's a lot to hold in memory at once. Yeah, and um, 
I guess moving away from technology, we have uh, dialogue and voice acting, and the voice acting is not good. <laughs> Except some of Bob. it, some of it's all right. Yeah, there's there's a couple characters that do stand out, like Bob Page, but everyone's kind of flat and dead and not very interesting. I'm going to chalk some of that up to I looked at the cast list in the credits. A lot of people were voicing five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different things. I'm, it shows in spots. Oh, yeah. JC? Well, as long as you're fine with a monotone, JC's not that bad, I guess. Hey. Hey. Hit the mute button. <laughs> okay um, oh god yeah JC was JC also the guy who played JC also played Paul because they're clones that makes perfect sense he's the kid from Married with Children <laughs> Bud Bundy yeah Bud Bundy wow I did not hear it at all of course I haven't watched Married with Children in a while and I remember Ed O'Neill more than anything else from that show oh yeah uh, okay, let's see. Anna Navarre was the woman who voiced her voiced like fifteen other things. So I'm she was all the women. She was all the women, pretty much. Yeah, and for doing that many, I think she was okay. Yeah, uh, I played Beth Duclair because I think they got her. Let's see, Morgan Everett. I thought he was okay. Yeah, uh, there, there's there's a few good ones, but there's also just a lot of like and eh, whatever. I think the the real I'm gonna say, I think the the strength of it is not in actually the dialogue options, but the fact that it gives you gameplay choices just by action. Like there's a lot of cases where you can immediately after a fight or after a dialogue sequence make your choice there where you could just walk past someone and leave them alone or you know do what they say um like the the i think the pivotal moment and i think what a lot of people didn't really realize until their maybe their second or third playthrough is that you can save paul's life because the dialogue gives you the impression that you have to escape immediately but if you do stand your ground and shoot the mibs say they'll help you uh, say say with a lamb that you've just kept handy from your run at the Brooklyn docks uh you 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 he'll he'll be he'll be helping you the whole run through now yeah and he doesn't end up doing a whole lot i mean he shows up for certain things well but... i mean i think they they still basically wrote him out but it's like hey no save no. paul he's here he's doing paul stuff yeah he shows up in hong kong he tells you that he needs to get a, a refit or something so he can't help you out for a while but he does pop he does pipe up in area 51 to give you a message and he doesn't even strike speak out strongly against joining with the ai he just kind of tells you well jc you're, you're gonna have to make up your own mind it sounds like this is a pretty big decision you're making you're making yeah and All right, was there a way to get not Beth, it's her daughter, the Duclair. Nicolette. Nicolette. Did, I mean, is does she ever play any role other than oh, I'm just gonna hang around my mansion and try and pick up things after you have to exit through the sewers? 
Um, God, I think I'm trying to remember. She she almost does stuff. Almost. <laughs> But no, she doesn't appear uh, until the sequel where she's the space pope. Okay, that makes no sense at all to me right now, but I'm sure it yeah, will when I play. No, no, it doesn't make sense. It's just the big reveal is dun-dun-dun, she's the space pope. Wait, why are you space pope? I can't explain why I'm space pope. Do a thing. <laughs> okay. This Infinity War, this is going to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. But no, no, no. We, should, we mustn't spoil Infinity War yet. I, oh. I'm sure it has so much worthy material. Uh, well, there's the bit where Spider-Man punches Thanos. That's pretty good. <laughs> wow. I was not expecting to hear that in a Deus Ex game. Okay. Well, you, you said Infinity War, which is, you know, the, oh, the, 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 the cosmic Marvel thing. <laughs> Right. See, I'm get, I'm getting my Invisible War. I'm sorry. Yeah, Invisible War, where nothing happens and no one cares. <laughs> Witnessed by its wonderful, wonderful reputation all these years later. I'm on fire. <laughs> uh, all right. We probably I I did not play it on PS2, but there is a PS2 version of Deus Ex. Have you tried it? Do not do it. Because remember how we were talking about how the environments are really big and there's only one load spot, basically for an entire level. Like, you will load all of Hell's Kitchen at once, and you can move in and around it in a lot of different ways, which is fun because you've got a lot of exploration and hidden areas and alternate entrances to everything, and it's really yeah. the strength of the game in a lot of ways. Well, it only starts loading if you say you have to go into the bar. <laughs> Yeah, like there, there's uh, maybe one area that loads uh, per air, per sort of level. Yeah, the the PS2 has how much RAM? <laughs> uh, not that much. And let's remember, this is 2002 when the PS2 was still fairly new on the shelves, and people did not understand how to work with it necessarily. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm trying to see. Oh, okay, it has 30. Two megs of direct RAM and four megs of ED RAM. So, um, so it it really cannot manage that at all, not even in the slightest. So you have to load in so that they they would just they just took these big areas and divided them into chunks. So you'll just hit this invisible wall and load. Oh my. <laughs> That Which does not they also, sound appealing. They, they also had to move enemies around, kind of, except not really. So you'll hit the invisible wall, and then all the new enemies will spawn, which means technically you could walk right next to a guy that you should have seen from four feet away, but didn't because you hit a loading screen. So now there's an MJ-12 guy who just spotted you. Please run away. And you hit another load screen because you have to go back. Yeah, like you 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 run away and you hit a different load screen. It's mm. meanwhile you have to navigate um, menus that were you know the uh, the augmentation activation menu, which was a handy little set of your F keys in classic PC gaming fashion. Get get that they they have to figure out how to implement that on a 
you know, a 10-button controller. So I'm going to guess it wasn't good. It was like, it's like I think you had to like hold L1 and then and scroll use, through them and scroll through them, and but it wasn't like a pause thing. It was like a oh, real live, a real time scrolling, which is you know very different from it. It's a very different play. It it encourages a very different terrible play style. <laughs> I think the message I'm getting here is. I made the right call playing it on PC. Well, at this point, everyone's PC can really handle it. Like, I'm going to pull up GOG and see what the system requirements for it are. This is one of those ones where we need a commission deal with GOG, don't we? Probably. Okay, so your minimum system requirements are a 1 gigahertz processor, 256 Mm. megs of RAM, and a 3D graphics card compatible with DirectX 9. Now, it recommends 1.4 GHz processor and 512 of RAM, but hey, I mean, I'm sure you can manage that. I'm sure you own a phone that manages that. The phone you are using to listen to this podcast can do that. Although I would not recommend playing the game on your phone. This is not a touchscreen game. They did not port this to phones, and I'm glad they didn't even think about it. No, that some things are just stupid to even contemplate, and at least the video game industry still recognizes some of that. Porting. Although I'm sure somebody is going to think about it at some point, and some business mogul will decide, we need Android traffic, and well, it will be a bad idea. I'm, you know what? Considering that you can buy all of Final Fantasy on your phone now, it might be. It, it. I wouldn't put it past Square Enix to port it to phones at some point. Oh, that's right, because Square Enix owns this now. Ugh. Yeah, and they've managed to actually do pretty well by it compared to, you know, IDOS. Well, you know, it's the exception to prove the rule, right? Square yeah. Enix generally does... The Square Enix thing. There you go. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something important, but did we miss? Uh, did we miss anything? What are well, let me see here. Things? I'm checking here. It says that I played 44 hours of the game total, and I seem to remember my save file being about 28 hours at the end. So that's a I'm, lot of dying. It is a lot of dying. I was very good at dying in spots. There, there are some tricky bits in this game. It will, it will beat, it will beat you down. If I knew about those tricky bits the way you do, then I would probably be able to blast through it. But I took things mostly nice and slow. You know, I, I whip out my sniper rifle. I gun down everybody I can see at a distance because that's the smart way to do it. Like I think at this point I know where a lot of the, the the hidden entrances to things are, so I tend to skip big chunks of buildings. Yeah, and I pretty much looked over the entire map because why not? Yeah, it's fun to explore. It, it is a fun game to explore. It's big and explorable, and there's little hidden bits and bobs. Like getting augmentation can- canisters is really hard to do in the game so when you find one it's like finding candy 
And the augmentation upgrade canisters, they're also not easy to find. And I'm sure I missed a few because they were in places that I didn't think I wanted to waste a, lock, a couple of lockpicks on, but too bad for oh, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's a lot of cases like that. Like, if you can find... Weirdly, if exploring will find you more lockpicks, which leads you to opening things you find when you explore. It, it's a weird trade-off. Yeah, and once I I did the bug and I maxed out lockpicks and I was amazed to see how few I used near the end of the game once one lockpick takes care of, I think it's 75% of a, a lock. Yeah. But before that, 25% each because I did train lockpicks. You are going to have to make a few decisions at that point. If you try and lock, unlock everything, you're going to run out. At least that was my experience. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of you you make your dis- decisions at your point, and sometimes they go your way, and sometimes you're just like, oh man, I wasted this lock pit for ten rounds for my pistol. Oh wow, he had some cans of soda. Whoopee. Hey, hey, generic been... soda. <laughs> yeah, gotta have generic soda. I don't know. My relatives drink generic soda, and I don't because. I don't want generic soda. No, you got to get the generic soda. You you, you need that. This is part of your life. That I I lived. I I've not seen the benefits of brand name soda for a lot for a lot in a lot of instances. So you know, I have very deep opinions whether generic red cola is better than generic blue cola. Fair enough. It, I guess it's just that I don't drink a whole lot of soda in general. Yeah. Although I am astonished that in a game like this, JC never burps. His lungs have been augmented. He never burps. He can't burp. Poor guy. I'm sure he could have got a different augment that would let him burp at will. (laughs) Didn't Warren Spector say that there was going to be a fourth ending where you could, in fact, ally with Bob Page and not take him down at the end and he you know he, he offers you Europe or something yeah I, th- I I think that was something he probably wanted and I'm surprised it's not actually in that because it's you know it was something about they ran into deadlines and something had to be cut yeah like it, there's the ending where you side with the Illuminati as in you help Morgan Everett but um there's no side with Bob, and I'm, it was probably just a timing issue. Yeah, I, I think it would have been interesting, although he's been such a good evil villain for the most part that seeing what he's done to himself and contemplating his death is kind of entertaining. Yeah. Oh, JC, I'm sending up the man who killed your parents. They died faster than you probably will, but He's good at his work. I'm not remembering the exact line, but he's just the kind of guy who takes pleasure in that kind of being evil. He's delightfully sinister. Well, let's see. Are we forgetting anything important now? Uh, I think we've basically got it. I'm just sort of... I do oh, want wait. to say that... Wasn't there a multiplayer function? Oh, 
yeah. I mean, I haven't participated in it, but it exists. We should probably okay. So it. it was it was it was out there. It was out there. It was an option in the game of the year version. Not uh, not. I don't think the original. I don't think it launched with multiplayer, but it did have. And I'm trying to. Rem- I I swear to God, I played it once. I totally did. Because yeah, this this just screams multiplayer to me. Wow. Yeah, yeah the, this is it. Is um, there was deathmatch, team deathmatch, a different kind of team deathmatch. Uh, <laughs> they were uh, there were five map. There were only ever five maps. They were repurposed from single player bits <laughs> of the game. And um yeah, no, it's it's it was sort of it, it ran on GameSpy, so I mean technically there were servers for it until like last year <laughs> if you really wanted it. And it meant that you could run around in these ugly environments and, you know, mash your Oh, I, the other team deathmatch had let you have, you know, way more upgrade points so your skills and augments were higher was that that was the other death match so you could have all the so everyone was running at super speed and healing and was maybe invisible and you would run around and it was it was clunky and not exactly fun that doesn't surprise me in the slightest this I just don't see these mechanics working well in deathmatch at all yeah, you know the the real surprising part is they really thought that they could sell the multiplayer on its own. What? <laughs> okay, so that th- this is this is uh, something better suited for the Invisible War talk. But uh, when it, after Invisible War came out, they used that engine, and it was supposed to be, and it was going to be a multiplayer only game in that engine in that universe. And uh, Deus Ex 2 didn't sell well enough, so they kind of filed the serials numbers off it and called it Project Snowblind. <laughs> <laughs> and how well did that work? Uh, did great. Everyone was queued up for days to play an Xbox Live shooter. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Xbox Live audience got what it wanted, I'm sure. Oh yeah, but not with this game. Yeah, not with that game. But I, I, Deus Ex sold plenty well on its own, right? Um, I think it was very well received at the time. I'm trying to. I don't think they've ever really gone out of their way to announce numbers, but obviously, it's. Um, I I, I want to say. Um, it, it sold well enough that they kept the, it, the the franchise has not died is what it's coming down to. Even after Deus Ex Invisible War tried that, yeah, like it it still sells pretty well even now. I suspect with the 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 updated re releases they keep oh, doing. Oh, it totally sells and continues to sell because like I just bought a copy. That's right, Phil. That's you right. You should buy a copy. I bought a copy, as if I didn't already have one. I bought a copy to give away. Now, Scott, I, yeah. re- I remember Sam saying on one of the ATBs that she tried Deus Ex and couldn't get into it. Uh, what? She... Yeah, I know. It's grounds for divorce, I'm sure. 
But no, she she just can't handle old PC games. Like she is intimidated by the number of buttons. Well, I can kind of understand that because when I started, I was bad at it. I had to constantly remember what each button did. So it, it do does you, require a little learning curve. Do, do y'all remember like back? But the, the learning curve is absolutely worth it. Yeah, do do y'all remember back in the day when you buy a PC game and it would come with like a cardboard layout that you put over your keyboard just to remind you what the hell all the keys did? That that was the best thing about Mac gaming was that you could, you 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 know, it came with the sticker you could put over your keyboard because there was only one keyboard for Macs. Oh, man, we used to have this layout. Like, uh, one of the things they're selling on GOG is the F-117 Stealth Fighter, which I played way back in the day. Now I remember the keyboard shortcuts today, so I don't need the layout. But we used to have that. It came with the keyboard layout for a standard IBM uh, keyboard that you needed to put on top because there were so many keys. And in, in taking that plane off and landing it and arming missiles and opening the Bombay doors and everything else, you needed that lay layover, whatever it's called, uh, to 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 remember what the hell all them keys did, so boy. And then the other way we judge how good a game was was a PC game was was how thick its instruction book is. You know, like you'd buy the yeah. box and you'd feel how heavy it is, and you're like, yeah, it's gonna be a good game. It feels like it's got a hundred page instruction book inside. Like there's there's a hundred. There, there's a perfect bound 128 page instruction <laughs> manual and at least two CDs in here. This is going to be great. R- remember be set all summer. Did any of you guys get the original Baldur's Gate? Oh, it came with a player's handbook. It was huge. It was spiral. Or, or maybe it's Baldur's Gate Two, a spiral brown. It was so. Oh, big. I think they were both spiral bound. Yeah. Like it was sort of, but it was like a cheap second player's handbook. You could reference yeah. that thing. Yeah, it was it at was, the table. It was great. It was great. I still, I got locked up in a in a closet somewhere. It's awesome. Of course, the GOG version gives you the PDF, but come on, PDF. It's- <laughs> It's not the that alt is, tabbing is not the is same. Not the same. Alt not tabbing the same. is not the same. Not the same. But but uh, we digress. Uh, anywho, um, so it, it sounds like y'all really really enjoy Deus Ex. Like like I said, third best game, Tetris, Tie Fighter, this, and uh, and and everybody who's listened to the show. Uh, You've probably your your downloads just about done now. Your download, <laughs> unless you're on that 56k mode, you might be going for a few more hours. You uh, start the game, then you will wind up at Liberty Island, and Paul will talk to you, and you will take your choice of initial weapon that he offers. And so, if you want to be nice to him, you will get the trank, the trank de- device. So, for the two people out there who don't have this through Steam or or GOG. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, and it's ten dollars. Is it worth ten dollars? Yes, well, it, it is without a doubt worth ten dollars. But also remember, it is a frequent, frequent sale item because Square Enix, because uh, there is an inverse of Square Enix tax, which is the Square Enix. It's on sale somewhere, somehow. Uh, perk. That's right, and and, so, and unfortunately, it, I'm not going to get this edited quick enough. But it's currently on sale. Uh, you can get Deus Ex one and two as a bundle for six seventy eight, um, or you get—I I think you can get it individually. Just think for of it as getting Deus Ex and getting Deus Ex two, uh, getting some kind of freebie. I guess would be the best. Yeah. Thing well, I mean, right now on GOG because it is the summer sale or the last hours of it, uh, it's three thirty nine. Three thirty nine. So. Um, you know what? Chances are, if you listen to this podcast, you're not going to make it if you haven't already got it. So I tell you what, I have spent three thirty nine 
to get a code because that's one of the things you could do on GOG. If you've already had a copy, they just give you the code so you can mail it to a friend or whatever have you. And you listeners, you are worth so much to me. You are worth three thirty nine. So all you have to do to get this uh, Deus Ex uh, Game of the Year edition that I happen to have sitting now in my uh, gift account with, with the soundtrack. With oh yeah, because you get GOG goodies. That's right. You get goodies. You get two high-definition wallpapers. You get one PDF manual. You get one reference card. You get the soundtrack. You get some Deus Ex avatars. And most importantly, you get a newspaper handout. Yeah. Whatever that is. So. It's important. (laughs) I think that's the one where it explains the two towers were were attacked by French terrorists. There you go. (laughs) Uh, so all you have to do to uh, to to win this is be the very first person to email JC Servant at cyberlightcomics.com and say, quote, pretty please, may I have Deus Ex, end quote. And I will just hit reply with the gift uh, code to the first person who listens to this and does that. The quote is very important here. Make sure you get all those words right because that's the only way I know you really listen to the podcast and – didn't just yeah. guess at random so just aren't uh, randomly emailing <laughs> phil to be like please give me a thing <laughs> i get like six emails a day asking for a free copy of deus ex so <laughs> uh so yeah you know, we, we have to we have to sort the weed from the chaff you know uh this is true it, it, it's it's um you know, it, it's i mean look at the the screenshots here on gog i mean it, it, it's not too bad i mean for an aged game well, yeah, years the, old, the PS2 man. was coming out in the fall of that year, so just remember what PS1 games looked like, because those were what most people were playing in their consoles, and PS1 3D in particular. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're going to get some low polygon counts here, but, uh, you know, it's got some shading, it's got some uh, decent textures, uh, so, uh, yeah. Hmm. All right, any other uh, last thoughts or anything we didn't uh, cover yet? No, uh, you know my pants are my my pants are augmented. Um. It's all about the augmentations. Yeah. All right, it's those augmentations that let JC see through his sunglasses all the time. That he, he does wear his sunglasses at night, so he, he does. Can. When so you go to the GOG webpage, that's all you see is the dude with the sunglasses on right there at the top. So. Uh, all right, well, we're going to augment our podcast with some Deus Ex soundtrack music here for uh, a minute or two, and we will return to wrap this up with the final lap.
have returned, and this is a final lap. We read your comments, we share our thoughts, the kitchen sink of the podcast, and uh, you know we we <laughs> we just barely got the last uh, podcast posted, so there hasn't really been a lot of time. We'll probably read more of episode one forty three comments on episode one five. Um, so far, there's only one comment. We just got the podcast yesterday. Well, there's a, there's or so. a second comment, but it's kind of from me. Yeah, it's kind of from me. Uh, what does Shaman say, Mike? I've started files in the three readily available permutations, FES, portable, and portable female main character, or portable main character and portable female main character, but I've never been able to devote the patience to getting into July. It's a shame, since I've beaten 4 and gotten through story mode in Persona 4 Arena, but I think I would need a Persona 4 Sapphire edition on Vita. FES content, but portables balance both genders to really see. Yes, that involves asking for one more re-release from Atlas. would be okay with that. Especially after taking the three path in Q in Persona Q, um, I'd I'd be okay with. I mean, I think I think Persona Three it has some legs on it yet. I think another port wouldn't be too bad. I also wouldn't say no to some sort of crazy like Vita PS4 cross thing, or put it on the PC. Do that. Ooh. PC is a good market for JRPGs because yeah. they'll take any they'll take anything. I mean, come on, yeah. they keep putting Neptunias out and they sell. Imagine get... what a imagine what a Ugh. good JRPG would sell like on Steam. <laughs> Why, Think Scott, about that. It's like you're saying that Final Fantasy 13 was not a good JRPG. You know, I mean, I don't I don't want to use any question begging language or assume any precedents, but um. Yeah, no, Final Fantasy thirteen, not a great JRPG. I'll say this, though. I'm sure I'll play it one day, and I will probably like it more than Agarest, which well, I realize is the equivalent of liking it more than... You know what? Putin throwing you know what? Tap water is a much better drink than poison. <laughs> it's much tastier than arsenic, I've found. <sighs> tap, tap water is too strong. Let's say L.A. tap water. Yeah, okay. Boy, uh, there was a I, I forget where I had it, but we had a lot of conversation. Or was it maybe, maybe it was just because we recorded the last we recorded the final lap for the last podcast just a few days ago where we talked about the I think you and I talked about Mike about the the control in Persona Portable for the party versus did we talk about that or am I thinking what we talked about in Hangouts? So I just double confirm, just wanted to confirm in case, because I think you and I were kind of going back and forth, but we weren't really super sure. I did confirm that Persona 3 Portable on the PSP allows you to control your individual party members as opposed to the PS2 versions, including FES, which you can just basically give them generic strategies but you can't really control them and a few people in twitter because I, I mentioned this in twitter and stuff a few people wrote back and said yeah definitely the psp version for them uh that was a huge big deal so if you have both versions you know fes does have the extra content but uh persona portable has full party control Still reminds me of Dragon Warrior originally for Dragon Warrior Four, not allowing you to control your party after Chapter Five, where you get the whole party. Yeah, I hoped you weren't talking about Dragon Warrior uh, One. Lack of party control is not, <laughs> not an issue there. Yeah. No, no. But then when Dragon Look, you Warrior, you have to control the dragon and the warrior. Oh, jeez. I remember when Dragon Warrior Four DS came out. The first thing I did was I started tearing through reviews to see if anybody talked about whether or not you can control the party or not. <laughs> uh, and sure enough, you can in DS port. Anywho. 
so that well, anyways, hopefully we'll get some more comments there on our Persona 3 special, and we'll be happy to read those as well as any comments about Deus Ex on the next RPG backtrack. And that is going to be either about uh, 145. We haven't quite got a schedule yet, but it's either going to be about Crystalis or what else did you say, Mike? That, that Spoony game. You remember the, the Final Fantasy one with the spoons. That shouldn't be enough for anybody to get it. Mm-mm-mm. So a remember, couple. kids, spooning leads to forking, and then there's no mystery left. <laughs> Jeez, oh, boy, oh, I don't man. think I'd want to spoon a bard in the first place, but obviously, the translators of the early '90s were of a different mindset. Hey, look, it's a real word, and it really does describe him. That's that's the important part. It does, yeah. Mister Mister Scott, what have you been playing? What have you been doing on the site? What's new with you? Uh, I'm uh, right now. I've got a few things coming for the site. I just finished up two games. Um, Pillars of Eternity. I finally finished, so I will. The, the review is almost done for that. It should be up soon, and you can hear me say things. And then I also finished uh, Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines. Ooh. Oh yeah, Sam had a bounty on that for reviews. I recall. Yeah, it. I, I finally finished that. I got it. Well, first I got it running, and then I got through the good parts, and then, then there's the, the ending where you where you just punch dudes over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So many dudes, so much punching, sword punching, the best kind. Was that? <laughs> I, was the... gonna, I was gonna say you were describing Streets of Rage for a second, but not with the sword. <laughs> Was that the what uh, was that like the GOG version or a Steam or heaven forbid uh, the original CD? A Steam, Steam, because it Gog can't get the original game back because I don't think anyone knows who actually owns that is what it comes down to. It's one of those. But yeah, I played the I, I, I played the Steam version and I beat it and I got to the end and I am done and I will write. Reviews and I, someone will hate me for what I say, no matter what I say. So I will just say what I say and disconnect from the internet for a week. Well, as long as you're not trashing a Square Enix game, you're okay. <laughs> no, no, this is beloved. This is this is deeply beloved. Beyond all, se- okay, yeah, it's exactly like a Square Enix game. That's <laughs> yeah, a PC game. You're good. Yeah. I will always remember the person who chimed in to say that. Yeah, I lo- I really like Ephemeral Fantasia. I like the characters. My favorite was Rummy. That was his entire comment, as I recall. Because Ephemeral Fantasia deserves to have fans. Yeah. Yeah. Sure does. I- I'm sure. sure that fan and the game deserve each other. Uh-huh. What about you, Mr. Mankey? Uh, well, since we did actually record something not too long ago, I haven't had much time to change. I was playing a whole lot of Deus Ex. Oh, my. The suffering I went through. It was so hard. Gosh. What did I say earlier? I don't remember. Hmm. And because of playing Deus Ex, I do not have Lords of Lord of Magna finished yet. I all I can say about Lord of Magna at this point is, once you get far enough, it starts to become mildly interesting instead of absolutely brain dead. And now I'm just waiting for the mildly interesting to be struck down in favor of stupid JRPG plot contrivance because that seems to be the type of game we're looking at here. Look, you you just gotta kill the giant space slip flea from nowhere that embodies all of human negativity, and then you're done. Well, I only have six of the seven maidens, which means that I'm clearly not ready to kill whatever giant space slip lady pops out. No, there's more left. I don't know how much. 
Oh man, collecting maidens is so boring. It's it like is. Worse, it's like worse than the Triforce. Can't the maiden maidens all hang out together? Maybe in the in the bathroom. Not yet. Yeah. And then there's the stupid concept. You're you are playing a guy who is taking charge of the family inn, which has apparently not had a customer in decades, and is in an earthquake prone region. Every day there's an earthquake here. Well, what? No wonder no one visits. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, is it even an inn if no one's there? Are you even keeping it? <laughs> well, somebody appears to be doing the sweeping and housework because it's not covered with dust and it's not falling apart. Well, of course it's not falling apart. No one's using it. <laughs> and now he's got suddenly six maidens, but they're not customers. See, a relative... Reloading which... maidens? That's the worst kind. <laughs> they're wearing maid costumes. Ooh. <laughs> Why is that a thing? I don't get that thing. I don't either, but it is a thing. I just... There are things that we don't understand in this don't world. Don't judge me because I like maid costumes. I judge you, Phil. I judge you for many things. <laughs> maid costumes is one of them now. I'm putting on the list of things I judge you for, Phil. Stop judging me! I'm judging you. Uh, also, our lead had a promise extracted from him as a child by his father, I guess. I don't know, his... He's 17, so of course that means his father is long dead. That's just how these things work in JRPGs. That any guests who attend this inn, you will treat like family. So, obviously, these maidens are his family. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? Absolutely. No. <laughs> so, there. Uh, they're just going to do the work around the palace because they're, um, they're, they're family. I, family will do that for you. Uh, sure, whatever. And of course, they're mostly amnesiac because that's a plot device we have to have in every other game, and it sure—it certainly hasn't worn out its welcome yet. Why would it ever? Which makes it sound like I hate the thing, but honestly, I don't. It's just not really good enough to enjoy, and not bad enough for me to remember. We'll—we'll we'll see how I feel after I actually finish the thing. I don't know how much is left. So yeah, that's the only other thing I've been managing to play lately. Phil, what about you? I've been playing. How many games could I buy off of GOG? <laughs> oh, hey, you know, GOG is super, super awesome. Like, like, holy cow, I love GOG. I love GOG sales. I love the fact that I can download those games and they don't have any DRM. And as I mentioned earlier, i pretty much liking GOG, uh, kind of their version of Steam. GOG Galaxy or whatever. Um, they have uh, a bunch of really good sales that will be over by the time you hear this podcast. And aside from Deus Ex, they have a really, really good sale. Oh, they have a really good sale on The Witcher. So The Witcher 3 sold uh, over 4 million copies in two weeks, which is, is pretty interesting uh, in my opinion because, um, you know, a lot of these big companies feel the need to put all kinds of na- – this is me and my soapbox version. They feel the need to put all kinds of nasty DRM that just drive me bananas when I'm trying to log in and I can't get the game to work or whatever have you. Uh, I could give you story after story of Phil getting pissed at uh, DRM. It, it's funny you mentioned trying to get that uh, old game uh, getting to work on your PC. That's that's kind of uh, part of the fun and challenge sometimes of, of owning a PC uh, is when you're playing especially an old game in a new OS like Windows 7 or 8. Uh, occasionally, you got to do a little research and some tweaks in order to get it to work. Um, but once you get to work, it's pretty cool. Like, no one lives forever, too. I got that on a disc. That took some work <laughs> to get it to work on my computer. But uh, but but when a new game doesn't work because of DRM, it just it just gets me all kinds of pissy. And they say they have to do it because there's 
thieves out there making well there are uh making uh, bootleg versions or whatever downloading them from torrents and that's why they have to do this well the witcher 3 if you buy it off of G, uh, GOG, uh, as far as I know, I don't believe – I mean the whole thing about GOG is they have no DRM. So CD, Project Red or whatever have you sold the game through GOG right from the get-go. So theoretically, I could have bought the game and threw it up on a torrent. Uh, I'm sure they would hunt, hunt my account down, but whatever. I'm sure somebody no, somewhere did it. they don't even it. do that. They probably don't they, even they, do that. <laughs> no, they they they, consent, they they like to treat their customers like customers and not criminals. Yeah, and not damn this thing. It's why we're so loyal to them. And why they should, you know, maybe kick us 10 bucks each for doing this episode. I know, they really should. But, uh, you know, but here they are. We need a cross-promotion thing with them. They we should. Really, we really do, as much as I talk about them. Uh, but they've managed to sell 4 million copies in two weeks without any DRM. <laughs> Just how did they do it? Oh, I know. They make a quality product, and like you said, they don't treat their customers. Now, I, 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 I have a backlog longer than uh, the tax code, but... I Are you bought, sure, Phil? It is. I think the U.S. tax code is longer than even War and Peace. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I was one of those people who pre-ordered The Witcher 3, if for no other reason. Just, uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be good, but to support CD Projekt Red. One day I'll actually get to sit down and play it. Uh, but I bought it. Uh, it's one of the very few games I bought. We'll buy it retail price. Um, in this particular instance, because uh, they are one of the few companies that I feel uh, that I can still support and stuff. So, anywho, thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, to celebrate, tax code uh, for the record, the U.S. tax code is seventy is just short of seventy four thousand pages. Well, then, see, my backlog is like seventy four thousand <laughs> lines, so it's kind of close. Um, so to celebrate this occasion, I have uh, have also got two more codes. This one is for The Witcher 1 and 2. And for some odd reason, I have talked about The Witcher before. I reviewed it for the site. You can go up and read my review. Um, really, really enjoy the role-playing aspect of the first game. Not a big, huge fan of the combat. But uh, but as far as the actual setting, uh, the NPCs, uh, the dialogue, the writing is excellent. The, the gravity of decision-making. Those elements that most people consider the most important in their RPGs. Um, that are done really, really well. Combat in the first one is like, meh, yeah, it was okay. Could could do without it. But uh, uh, anywho, uh, I will give away Witcher one and two to the first person who. Oh boy, we need a good quote for this. Okay, so the quote for this one is what? Uh, GOG does not treat their customers like criminals. There you go. So <laughs> uh, yeah, just shoot that off with Witcher one and two somewhere in the subject of the body, and I'll send you those codes. Huh. And if I don't get something after like a week after this podcast goes up, I'll give it to my Twitter followers. I've got lots of people who immediately respond every time I throw code up on or an offer for. Yeah. I haven't really played too much since we, you know, we did our last final lap like all of two days ago, Mike. Right? No, it was a week ago. I don't know when did we record that. Just all kind of blends together. Hey, you know, today's episode is brought to you by the number one. What is that? The number of. Dodge pop-up ads that you're getting on the site right now? No, because I'm drinking Kettle One. It's a nice vodka. Kettle One. I, I, I don't think those words go together, Bill. I don't think those two words go together. <laughs> it's called Kettle One Vodka. I, I don't know. It's, it's what I got in Vegas from a friend. Yeah, I don't yeah, question good it. Good vodka. That, that's not how it works because <laughs> vodka is, just has no point. That's why you, that's why you turn it into gin. <laughs> oh, well, I, I threw some fruit juice in there and it kind of made it okay. So, uh, boy, jeez, uh, Mike, did I did did you get a chance to talk, Mike? I did. Okay, because sometimes I, mean, I can talk more if we have to, but there's no real need this time. 
been watching uh, Mash and Slider. So, yeah. Oh, and I finished listening to the Enders game. That was interesting, sort of. Still not sure how I feel about it. I, I know everyone thinks like Ender's Game is like super awesome. Well, I, I think know. it's really awesome when you read it when you're 12, and then yeah. Oh, oh, uh, I yeah. I read so. it when I was about 14, and I remember it working. And I was actually interested enough to go read uh, the sequels, which get considerably wordier. Oh, okay. and kind of worse until you hit Ender's Shadow, where it loops back to the interesting bits of the setting. <laughs> Which I never did because I was reading it in the late 90s, so it hadn't been written yet. Yeah, that one was not out yet. I think I got a little lost where, okay, so he's in the, early on when he's in the academy or whatever, there's this game that he can play. It's like a virtual reality thing. And there's certain scenes that are described. And then way later on when he goes to uh, a bugger world that, that all the buggers are now dead, um, such a reams. Uh, he 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 sees those same exact scenes as described, and, and I'm still a little confused how that worked. Like, how did those scenes get into the database for the virtual reality thing? Do do y'all remember that much? Yeah, no, that they that they never explained that. It never makes sense. Oh, I guess I was overthinking it. Okay, well, if any of y'all know. By all means, feel free to email me or Twitter me, and maybe I'll have another GOG code I can give you as a reward. But so I, I'm a little confused as to how – I think they kind of explained it briefly, and it just went way over my head or something. I, I don't know. Or maybe he just kept wondering to himself. I had to go back like, and I think there – I, I feel like Card would take a minute to wave his hands around that fact. Because it had a really great sci-fi feel to it. I'm so used to my sci-fi, like Star Trek and stuff, explaining everything to me so it sort of kind of makes sense in a science fiction-y way. Well, you, you have to say something full of jargon, and then someone says it in a way that you understand. It, yeah, yeah. Like putting too much air into a balloon. Right. Well, in, in, in fantasy, you can always just say, it was magic. It was it was magic. Had he read a book that described a scene that he would see 50 years later, well, that book was transcribed by magic. That, that's all. That explains it. Done. I, I just, I, I'm I, sci-fi is usually something a little deeper than that, so. <sighs> Maybe there's magic in the sci-fi. It's like the force or something. I don't know. Anywho. All right. Well. I'm well, pretty then. sure the magic of the Ender game, Ender's Game setting is homophobia. <laughs> you, you, you must have missed when Orson Scott Card was having so much fun. I don't even remember if he'd brought the issue out, but somehow it all became about the homophobia in the of him when the movie came out well he's always been really outspoken about it like not necessarily in the fiction because the he's still you know good enough writer to portray you know everyone pretty well but it's just sort of like he's you know triple mormon deluxe so he's really outspoken about a lot of somewhat um cons- very conservative values and uh he, he has a lot of money that he makes from selling these novels, and he likes to throw his money around at those causes, whether or not they make um, sense. PR sense. Oh, or even real sense. Yeah. Although I also remember him loudly saying, you know, this is my view. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily trying to force it on you. He literally gives tens of thousands of dollars to companies, to right. charities, ostensible charities, that are trying to force this on people. <laughs> Well, uh, we're heading to dangerous territory there, but if you stay after the show, I'll tell you a little something. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, boy, 
Well, I'll, I'll I'll try. I got I actually listened to in uh, that one because I I bought another one, Ender Shadow or something like that. Yeah. Uh, on sale, and I didn't realize that it was like a Suedo sequel type of thing. So yeah. I had to go and buy or use one of my credits to buy Ender's game, so that I, you know, because it's like this is uh, not really a sequel, but sort of a sequel to Ender's game. I'm like, oh damn it! I bought like book two of a series. <laughs> Dang, now we got to go back and listen to book one first. So, um, yeah. It, 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 all right. Cool, cool. Audiobooks is my friend. But I'm not going to give them the plug I give Geo. GOGs were awesome. Uh, anywho. I Ironically, it's audiobooks that has the affiliate program. <laughs> oh, yeah. Audio. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, we, we could make commission on that if you were to say to go to audible.com slash chaos theater and pick up your free trial of Ender's Game. <laughs> use the code um, RPG Backtrack. <laughs> no, don't use it. It doesn't actually exist. Um, no, I did play a little Age of Wonders 3. That is something I have played over the last weekend. Have y'all ever played that one? No. It is. It is. If you never played the Age of Wonders uh, series, it's like Civilization meets uh, fantasy role playing. Uh, you, you 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 have you control cities in Civilization style. There's also kind of like resource nodes, like farmhouses and and mines and the such that you can flag, kind of like Heroes of Might and Magic. That'll help contribute to your funds. You've got one main wizard um, that is uh, uh, that is constantly researching, kind of like the way you'd research stuff in Civilization. But they're researching spells, and those spells you can then from the mana nodes you've tapped. Uh, you can then channel spells that can help you in combat or uh, change the terrain. I think one of my favorite things to do is just to make all the land pretty around me. So if you got a, a you know a town and all the the land around you looks like it's dying, you can cast a life spell, and suddenly the trees will start blossoming. The earlier games uh, were way back in the early two thousands. You can get those on GOG. Very very beautiful games. Uh, there was actually three of them, despite the fact that there was one in two. That there was one called Age of Wonders: Shadow War which was kind of the unofficial third game in the series. Um, but then years later, uh, they released a, a couple of years ago, Age of Wonders 3, which now uses a full 3D engine. Uh, and it does a pretty good job of keeping most of the beauty of the original series intact. Because again, for a 2D game, those games were gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. The colors and the contrast just bleeding off the screen. They're uh, some of the best 2D uh, games and, and and certainly probably the best turn-based two game ever made. Uh, anywho, uh, Age of Wonders 3 carries on a lot of that tradition. And when you get into combat, uh, so unlike Civilization where you might be able to stack up a bunch of units, a ton of units or whatever have you, in Age of Wonders 3 you send um, you send your groups out in like teams of like six or eight, I can't remember what it is. Um, when you touch another enemy, it's like eight versus eight. Uh, if you got some support around you from other groups, it can get up to as big as 24 versus 24. That's as big as a fight gets. And, uh, and then it would turn to like a tactical, uh, turn-based, uh, thing that you, you know, would, would feel right at home in most RPGs. Um, your troops can usually gain some sort of, uh, levels or vet, uh, levels of, uh, veteran, veterancy. Is that a word? Yes, that's a word. Oh, cool. All right. I guess <laughs> that's word. the right word for that. Yay. Um, and your hero of uh, oh, and you can hire other heroes that do gain legitimate levels, and as they level up, you would uh, you would give them more hit points, or you would choose if they get a new ability or a buffed up ability. So, uh, and uh, depending on the Age of Wonder game, I don't think it's in this one. I haven't found it yet. You could equip items and the such. Very very cool, uh, very cool game. Um, 
kind of just gotten into it though just a few hours so i'm far from saying it's better than the old ones or or along those lines but i am uh enjoying it so far uh definitely seems that they've captured recaptured a lot of the magic at the age of one games that did spend a lot of time playing so and you can get all those at gog.com i believe they're also on sale on steam but get the gg if you can and they and those are also among the games that regularly go on sale. So if you don't want people price, oh, just add them to your Actually, by the time this episode drops, it might be Steam sale time. Oh, dang it. That's true. And then you'll want to go buy the Steam version, guys. Eh. Oh, well. I'm sure there's some sort of weird gamification metric-y thing where you join teams and collect crystals for some reason that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't understand last year's summer sale. I don't think I even... It confused the hell out of me too, Scott. It, it confused and infuriated me, and then I didn't buy anything. Oh, really? I just I just eventually started... It confused me. I just started ignoring it because it was just... It, Gogs is much easier. You hit certain dollar thresholds, you get extra free games. So uh, once uh, I think one of those games I might be giving away at another future RPG backtrack, so it pays to listen or follow my Twitter feed um, because I like to give away stuff on there. Speaking of... Did you buy extra copies of something again? No, but what happens on GOG uh, with their sale, it's very simple. If you hit certain thresholds during the sale period, they give you free games. And if you already own those games, you get you just get the code so you can gift it to a friend. Unlike you know Steam's freaking thing with the cards or whatever... I, I I couldn't I got uh, the crystals or whatever the hell they were. There's Scott's gems right. and cards, and I don't understand. I just know that if I sell my cards, I get like ten cents yeah. off the next game, which I'm like, well, it's ten cents. It's found money. Yeah. Nah, I was right there with Scott. It confused the the hell out of me. I've been paying less and less attention to Steam sales, more more attention to GOG. Um, I still have a huge Steam, you know, Steam library. I'm obviously not going to just you know, never play Steam again I'm all the time. But um, I see you playing Orcs Must Die a lot lately. Yeah, well, that's Orcs Must Die. They must. They absolutely freaking must. Uh, that is. Oh, I, I should be specific. Orcs Must Die too. Too. Because right. the Orcs they didn't must die, die as well. That's a that one I haven't mentioned in a while. If you guys have never played it, uh, Orcs Must Die too. It's better than the first one, but the first one's not a bad place to start. Uh, it's a combination of a third person shooter meets tower defense uh you're usually in some sort of cave or castle there's a place where the orcs are gonna and their friends like the trolls and stuff are gonna come from and there's a place that you're trying to stop them from getting to uh you can lay down traps along the way and uh and then you usually have a sword or a crossbow or or you can you can bring multiple weapons with you normally spells and the such um uh, at the beginning of every round, you pick what spells and weapons you're taking with you, as well as which traps. As you kill the orcs and the trolls and whatnot, uh, they they give you resources in typical tower defense fashion that you can use to lay down even more traps. And you can even um, form their path a bit by putting down barriers and forcing them to take longer routes. Uh, it does, on the harder difficulty levels, it absolutely positively takes a good combination of of traps plus you being involved in the thick of things uh you won't be able to get away with just one or the other um uh, it, it is a really really well balanced game uh orcs must die 2 features co-op so you can get a friend in there a lot of the boards um they are balanced for one player they give you less enemies if you're playing one player but they they really are set up for two players and it's more fun with two players involved so uh but i played i played a lot of it single player and never did as well just tons of traps and as you with orcs must die too the more you play 
they give you a currency skulls. Even if you beat a board before, you get some skulls and if you get and uh, and you use those skulls to unlock more traps or upgrade traps you currently have. So it gives you a sense of progression. Uh, plus, you can unlock outfits and the such. And uh, Orcs Must Tie Two is moddable through Steam, so uh, you can download uh, alternate outfits or uh, weapon, you know, modifications or whatever have you. If you're into uh, screwing around with the so hey, it's all about pants. Yeah, yeah, you can mod your pants. There you go. Uh, <laughs> mod your pants. Mod your pants. Uh, yeah, Orcs Must Die too. Yeah, just it, that never came out on GOG. So there's just a number of games on on Steam that just, just you know, people will just keep on Steam and not bring to GOG. So Orcs Must Die, boy. If I had, yeah. And my father and I played a lot of that together. Remember, a family that slays together stays together. And then Phil. Since you insisted upon telling me of something that was on sale recently, why don't you tell the listeners about it? Remember that GOG sale of that wonderful, wonderful Idea Factory game that I loved so much? Don't we all love it? All love it. It's great. Well, I mean, but how could you say no to this? I mean, you have, this is Agoras, Generations of War, the Collector's. Edition. I mean, this isn't just any game. It's the collector's edition. Sure. Collectors. It, it, Collector, you know what collectors generally don't do? Play what they collect. This collectors is, this don't usually true. read what they collect. They don't usually watch what they collect. Whatever. They just keep it to have it. They don't keep it to do anything with it. So if you are a collector of Agarest, fine. Collect it. Although being a collector of God games is kind of weird because you don't really get to show that off to anybody. And no, then you can totally like screenshot, screenshot. your library and yeah. make a poster of it. Absolutely, put it up on Twitter. I'm sure yeah. thousands of people have done that. I bet. I am looking at these screenshots, Mike. I mean, it's got nice anime-looking characters. I see some what appears to be tactical combat. I mean, that looks pretty cool. I love tact. I know you love tactical combat. You know what, Phil? <laughs> I played Agarest Generations <laughs> of War. <laughs> Why don't you play it for a little while and get back to me once you've found out what a wonderful, wonderful thing Idea Factory did with this? Title. I, I like this second. I like this second review. It says that the title of it is "Agress Generations of Disappointment." Disappointment is too weak. You need a better word. Generations of horrible, horrible lameness. Let's go with that for now. I'm. I don't feel this game does not deserve me ser- searching for the thesaurus. Just yeah, here, Phil, go get it yourself. Play it. I'm sure you'll in- you'll experience it, and you will remember the experience. There, I have just said a bunch of words that I know will be true. <laughs> it is game. It has elements. It it is it has uh, you know unfortunately I'm tapped out buying these other games with slightly <laughs> higher ratings. Uh, Wait, what what <laughs> are you saying? You can't afford it, Phil. Maybe nah. I can help you with that. Maybe you need a gift. No, I'm okay, Chief. I got so many games in my backlog now. I'm pretty sure I won't get around to it. You know. And this besides, century. if there's and if we're gonna start buying gifts of terribleness for people, we have to send them to Adrian. Those are the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's a, ta- it's a tactical game, so he won't play it. Yeah, but you still have to gift him terrible things. He played Bus Simulator when I when we bought it. <laughs> bus <for him>. Simulator. <laughs> yes. What the You're hell? A bus driver. <laughs> really? You get to 
get into the correct stops. You get to follow the route. You get to make sure everyone pays their fare. Wow. Yeah, no, these are literally things. I don't think there's any sort of, like, tackle the fare dodger mini game, but yeah. City bus and commuter. Wow. wow. I'm sure one of them is one of those, uh, what are they called? The buses with the, the accordion-like thing to make it longer in the middle. Where the, oh, where yeah, the... no, that that's hard mode. That's the hard mode for cities. Okay. You have to navigate corners with the accordion. There you go, Phil. If you if you don't want a dose of Idea Factory, then maybe we can get you a bus simulator, because if Adrian played it, then we know something's going for it, right? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty good. Ooh, it has a Munich expansion. <laughs> Munich. Well, you get to see all the the lion mascots around the city. There, that that's that's a great thing. I'm sure that'll make it amazing all by itself. Bill, and brush mm. up on your German because all the street signs are in German. <laughs> yeah, Wunderbarstrasse. There you go, Buschenstanzen. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you speak some more German, Phil? You're really good at it. Uh, can you tell? Oh. Hmm. You know what I am good at reading is this legalese here that they tell us we have to read. Uh, RP Gamer Backtrack something. It's a production of RP Gamer. Your source for news reviews and home to the best gaming... See, I'm really good at reading this. <laughs> best gaming community. You don't have this, like, in a can that you can just play before the credits by now? Well, you know, you're supposed to put the stuff at the end. You yeah, know? but you can still have a can for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, I already got the... Oh, speaking of... Oh, my gosh. This is 144. We're only yeah. six... We're only we're only six away from the big one fifty, and you know what that means, Mike. I do. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Wow! It, it's time to do another intro. Yep, that'll happen this summer. Yeah, boy, got to find some more music and come up with a new gimmick. Uh, boy, we've had some doozies in the past. If you guys go back and listen since number 10 or so when Mike and I start doing this together every like 25 give or take we totally change up the end well having trombe for the intro tune was just fitting all around it's a oh, great tune yeah um I still like uh Robo I'm a big huge fan of Robo's we had the whole intro to Robo's theme from Chrono uh, Trigger I remember so cool. that was that was fun yes yeah hmm Okay. Anyway, uh, but you pick some. You pick, you pick some really yeah. good ones, though, Mike. So I've I've heard new music since we did the last one. It may have to be a new tune. Ooh. Well, new to me, anyway. Oh, yeah. okay. As long as it's at least two years old, though. that's that's important. Well, we've got basically a whole year of games that are now eligible. All of a sudden. Well, that's the funny thing. It's like, gosh, we're getting old, and the years are just like slipping by like water. I can't believe some of these games we're talking about and. Like, are they? It's really weird to think of 3DS games being eligible for the backtrack, but what? they are. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about Demon Souls and crap, and I'm just like, I Deus still. Sex re- Human Revolution is eligible for backtrack. Oh, That's just s- weird to contemplate. I just wow. I feel like just yesterday I was reading. Speaking of uh, big thick instruction books that we talked about earlier, I remember like deep uh, Demon Soul Dark. I always get those titles mixed up, but the first one, whatever it was, Dark Souls. Demon um, Soul. Demon Souls. Uh, anyways, I remember. I remember when I bought that game uh, for a PlayStation Three game. It had a huge instruction book. I took it on the plane and read it, and I was like, I was all giddy because it reminded me of my old D and D games. 
uh, the Gold Box games and Baldur's Gate. So, uh, anywho, uh, RPG Backtrack. Production of RPGamer.com. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, hey, and uh, we would love for you to leave comments over at iTunes or... Um, no, that's or ratings. anywhere else. Anywhere else, just wherever you want to talk about RPG backtrack. I mean, if you if you feel like you have to use iTunes, uh, I I won't say no, but I will say must you. <laughs> well, leave it on iTunes if it's a really great comment. If it's a really bad one, we no, have. I feel uh, like I feel like you should give us a three star rating and leave a really nitpicky correction, like unnecessarily <laughs> nitpicky, and well, yeah. have not 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 address the quality of the show at all. Just. Three stars. You got the date wrong on this thing. Well, that's what happened. Did, yeah, were you hear on that sure show? You... Were you here on that show, Scott? Where I read the comments last time. Oh yeah, no, I was. I was here for the excessive nitpickiness. Okay. <laughs> Who cares that you guys did a hundred and fifty some shows with correct audio editing? There's that one that took you at least, you know, a week to fix. Yeah. 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 We oh, love you technically, too. we could. Hey, technically, our new theme song could be far, come, could be from Far Cry Three: Blood Dragon. That'd be rad. <laughs> <laughs> I need to play that, that game. I'll looks to, so cool. I'll have to listen to the OST. Oh, the the soundtrack's great. It's by Power Glove. No, not that Power Glove. The other one. The Power Glove. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are two bands called. There are two bands called Power Glove. It's confusing. <laughs> uh, I love the Power Glove. Oh, too funny. Uh, oh, hey, uh, what's our email addresses, guys? <laughs> what's yours, Phil? Do you remember? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm up to I speed on that, Chief. Uh, jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com. Odyssey at hotmail.com. You don't need to email me for junk. You know it. You don't want my email address. Shut up. Go away. Turn off the podcast. It's over. Yeah, and and Twitter. Twitter, if you want to win prizes and crap, JC Servant. Um, that's my Twitter address. Uh, follow me, because I, I give away games on my Twitter, because that's what everyone should do on their Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Huh. Oh, well. Uh, Mike, you want to put us to bed before I ramble on some more? Because I can uh, ramble I, on some more. Uh, I could put us to bed, or I could let JC do that for us. It would probably involve any number of useful things that he's found around the place. Well, look, crank dart naps are really refreshing. I mean, sure, they're on the hard pavement, but you'll wake up really ready to face the day. You will. Uh, and for somebody like me, who sometimes just sleeps irregularly through the night, the crank dart could be just what I need. I'm gonna sleep. There's nothing I can do about it. 